Epic Gumdrop, sweeter than an expansion included in the base game. Hello, Jeff. Hey, James. Expansions. Expansions. Uh, for our, We did a lot of research for this one, which it won't sound like because it reduces to almost nothing, but check out BreakingDads.com. <laughs> Yeah, I can I can confirm that James's eyes are glazed over. My at, eye was twitching yesterday. Yes. Um, Taking data from databases and putting them in spreadsheets is painful, tedious, work. Yes. tedious work. But we do it so you don't have to. That's right. That's our promise to you. I strain for the world. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so they can go to our website to see this data that you have pulled. I will try and put up a PDF of this. I mean, it's not that interesting, but kind of interesting. It's weirdly, it's, 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 I'd say if you, if you like looking at rows and rows of numbers, you'll yeah. like looking at these. Is that fair? It is. Essentially, I looked at the Board Game Geek database. Uh, and so to qualify this whole episode of expansions, I use the word expansion. Yes. Uh, I it's missed a bunch because, you know, Dominion, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, couple of stuff yeah. that that expansion isn't called an expansion. So it I missed a lot of that kind of. But but you, there's no way to drill down eh, even closer. Not. But this gives us a good representation well, out of over, you know, 70,000 plus listings in their database. Uh, I pulled close to 1700 titles with the word expansion. Yes. Sadly, you can't. I at least it wasn't clear to me that you can easily sort their data by year because it's written into the title or name uh, uh-huh. field. So I had to pull all of the data, clean it, and then sort it. Yeah. Um, which you know, it's a few hours of work. It's not that bad. But I'm going to put that listing up on our website for yes. you. And uh, it was interesting. And that website is breakingdads.com. Breakingdads.com. It's breakingdads.com, Jeff. You've been there. I thank you. Um. So yeah, let's yeah. out out of that uh, pile of data. Yes. Yeah, so the the expansions that you have culled for us. Yes. Uh, it's it shows. I think it's not unexpected the numbers, but also kind of terrifying in a way. Well, yeah. It was it was a little bit of uh, anticlimactic because I right. looked at it and I was like, I pulled it out, cleaned it up. I pulled out the unofficial or fan expansions uh, that are identified as such. That, yeah. And uh, so there's about 145 of those. I just mm-hmm. tossed those to the side. And legit expansions, roughly 1,520, roughly. Yeah. Um, again, I'm missing games where the, the word expansion isn't used, but it seems that it often is. Yeah. Um, it, it, this is a, it's a good set of numbers. It's not the complete set of numbers, no. but it's, it, it, I think it, it's enough to paint the picture yeah. uh, as, as it and exists. It, and the, the picture was not surprising. No. Uh, so for the first decade, uh, 19, like, I guess to preface again, preface of the preface, uh, expansions obviously have been around for a very long time. Yeah. War games would be the original expansion mm-hmm. Kings. I mean, it's in systems that necessitate yeah. expansions. Although most of those war game expansions, you, you didn't go to a game shop and buy an expansion. You subscribe to a magazine exactly. because you love gaming Yeah, and they would print the rules for an expansion as a page exactly in the magazine which led into the the role-playing game mm-hmm. expansions this also doesn't take this is just board games yes um i think we've qualified them so, enough yeah well i just make sure that yeah it's not totally missing. by the way feel free to go into the comments and tell us all the things <laughs> we missed oh because i missed tons this yeah. is the thing as i'm going through it i'm like oh i'm gonna just yeah i saw so many people <laughs> 
Because <laughs> somebody's going to be like, well, you missed it. Oh, yeah, I know. I yeah. know. I missed a lot of things. But again, we're, this is just big picture. This is this is yeah. uh, 500 foot stuff. Exactly. Looking at the gaming industry and their relationship to expansions. Exactly. And here, are we, I don't know if we could build this up or qualify this anymore. <laughs> Maybe we should spend about 10 more minutes qualifying this. I think this. so. Okay. All right. So through the 70s. Essentially, it led. I was like, "Who started the expansion in the board game industry?" Yeah, that was the question we started with. Yes, and when did expansions expand from games? I think there's an answer, and I think that answer is Cosmic Encounter. I think that's a very good answer. I think that is it because you see that kind of hit, and then it, you know, 1970, 1979. There's really only about nine expansions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be that game, and then it's going to be stuff Steve Jackson made. Yep. Essentially, there's a few other titles, but but that is the bulk of the '70s and '80s. Yeah, Steve yeah. Jackson cleans up the '80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's 47 total expansions through the '80s, and he has was it 17 plus? Yes, I think. So you know, almost half of those are Steve. So Steve Jackson looked at that you know early stuff and went, "Huh, uh, you know, thanks, uh, guys. I think I'm going to take that and run with it." Yeah, I've got. There's a good idea there. Yeah, and it makes I can you can see why a I mean first off in the eighties, you know outside of you know the 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 big store game publishers, you know Milton Bradley and uh, and the like, mm-hmm. you're an independent game publisher. You're a small publisher, so the idea of selling a little bit extra to the people that already like you, much more palatable than trying to market something brand new. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess the appetite was there. These guys Mm -hmm. were at the cons. They were really, you know, understanding what people wanted. And people probably wanted more. Um, I haven't listened to any interviews with Steve Jackson about those times. No. Or with uh, the uh, the, uh, Cosmic Cosmic Encounter guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But... Yeah, it's uh, it starts out slow. So you know, in the seventies, it's nine. The eighties, it's forty-seven. In the nineties, it's fifty. So you know, on par. Yep. Um, and that doesn't take into account at all uh, the CCG's explosion. Yeah. Uh, Magic, all those things are not included in this. Yeah. So the and 90s, I think that's one of the reason board game expansions are low is because in yeah, the nineties, boom, there weren't any board games anymore. It was <laughs> dominated by CCGs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then uh, up. the millennium happens, and yeah. thankfully, airplanes did not fall from the sky, <laughs> computers did not stop working, no. uh, we were not overthrown by our robot overlords. But people must have been concerned because cardboard went through the roof. Yes. So there was 381 total expansions through the uh, first decade of the 2000s. Which sounds like a large number. I mean, compared to the, you know... The just over a hundred we had the thirty years previous. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a big increase. Yeah, until you get to two thousand ten. Yeah, and so the past five years. Yeah, that just it dwarfs all of it. Yeah, combined. Yeah, so thousand twenty nine. Yeah, in five. That's years. all. That's in all. five years. Again, part of this there's you know more qualifiers. It could be that there's uh, the entries are more consistent from publishers. So mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the board game geek database could be maybe missing. Yeah. There might be holes in the seventies and eighties and nineties, uh, but I doubt it like we started in 2000. I doubt like a 700 sized hole. No, yeah, exactly. So I don't think anybody in the industry would be surprised by mm-hmm. this trend. Mm-hmm. I think you also see um, perhaps a proportional explosion in the number of overall base games. Yeah. So there's definitely more being published. That's part of it. But I also think, 
that just entertainment as a whole, uh, publishers, uh, movie makers, uh, anyone that does entertainment, even music, it's it, there's definitely a feeling of let's give them more of the same as opposed to trying to market something new. Yeah. Uh, so it sort of reflects the general public's taste as well. Exactly. Right. So uh, there's there's a lot of games out there that they're doing expansions for. But not only that, there's definitely been a trend towards creating games that have expansions baked in from the get-go yeah well yeah. even that stuff from the 70s you look there was like nine you know like there, there was a lot mm-hmm. of expansions on those early yeah games. like cosmic encounters yeah there's there's like nine expansions. nine nine expansions that were just named expansion yeah yes <laughs> uh, and all the steve jackson stuff loads yeah. of expansions so they kind but, of got it immediately like let's do mm-hmm. lots of small modules let's do lots of little add-ons and grow it and but it doesn't compare to a game like uh like um star trek uh what was, was it? The uh, attack wing, attack wing, yeah, or you know, D and D attack wing, or Star Wars miniature game. I mean, those yeah. more than any. I mean, the Star Trek attack wing. What there was a hundred and twenty five expansions in the last two years. Yeah, so I mean, that's I ri- that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and that exactly that those that that's bloating. So these kind of there's a new kind of game. Well, any of the miniatures gaming, mm-hmm. but then again, this is probably again akin to war gaming is the the idea of what an expansion is mm-hmm. on these smaller things gets blurry. Yeah. Especially when you start, you call something an expansion, but it's just a miniature mm-hmm. and a minor rule set change or something. Like and I guess it's different because in in the old miniature games, you you know, the you'd sell a box that has an army in it or has a figure that you paint, but it, it wasn't as, it wasn't codified as an expansion in quite the same way mm-hmm. because you still are, you're, you're, building an army that you tend to be consistent with yeah uh as opposed to i think these new miniature games where you know each one comes with their own additional rules as yeah. well they have the different pilot cards in the in the star wars game they're building some metagame yeah. over time yeah so you're not just buying it for the component you're right. buying it for the extra rules that it comes with the extra pilots the system itself is evolving over time uh, sort of yeah it. yeah so uh, it's a little, it's weird that way. It seems like it's less of a, hey, I, I need, I've got these new tanks that I'm going to add to my army. It's more mm-hmm. like... Um, but that being said, the rules for the tanks were in changed. the base game. Yeah, but then they would have changed. So I guess if you're playing a war game where you introduce a new technology, you would change but, the... But generally the way war games work is in. you have your rule set, right? And they say, this is what a tank does right. and can do. And then you can go and build your own tank. You can use the official model. You can use you know, your own imagination. Exactly. Yeah. And but it's that tanks still follow the rules of tanks. Right. Whereas in uh, like the Star Wars miniature game, you buy an X-wing uh, miniature, but it has two pilots, three or four pilots in it, and one of those pilots can pilot any of the ships. Huh. Right. It's not just an X-wing, right. or maybe it is, but you know. So there's a lot more. Um, now you've introduced something that can affect how something else performs huh. that wasn't in the expansion that you bought. So it's you're buying additional rules, yeah. right? So I think that's one of the big differences. The the old war game expansions, uh, they're you're not really calling them expansions. They were they were uh, more like gear, like getting yeah. new dice, adding bits. Yeah, and then you would get like paper expansions to like mm-hmm. like Panzerfaust or all those. You yeah, know, and they would have modules, they would they have be, rules. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, I'd say that's a big difference. It, yeah, I think so. Um, 
yeah, it's, it, it was overwhelming trying to think about this whole topic because it's, mm-hmm. it, there's so many questions that you, you can't answer in a way. Like you're, it's a chicken and egg. Like, is the fan base driving the expansion? Is the publisher driving the mm-hmm. expansion? Is it cooked in? Nowadays, it seems, but then this actually, I, I thought maybe cynically, maybe nowadays there was more of a consciousness about it. But then you see, look in the 70s, you're like, no, Steve Jackson like was totally conscious of this. But There's I no wonder, way he wasn't. Yeah, I, but was it a, you know, I, it would be interesting to to hear from Steve Jackson on this yeah, at some point. It's probably yeah. out there. I'll yeah, go yeah, digging. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing about the internet. It's probably out there <laughs> <Yeah>. somewhere. <laughs> Um, yeah, if anybody knows, let us know, because I don't know if there was a conscious decision like with Illuminati to go, oh, I'm going to uh, build a bunch of expansions. Or if it was, you know, he, he develops games quickly and publishes them as quickly as he can. And then yeah. later is like, oh, this is a great idea. Let's add that. Yeah. Yeah. Or if I, at the shows. Fair, I haven't played yeah. Illuminati, so I no. don't know if how that the, the expansions add mm-hmm. to the and at a glance, I couldn't really figure it out. So I was yeah. like, eh, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. The, given the, the number of them, mm-hmm. at some point, people must have went, hey, this is this is a good thing. But it does seem like board games are developed very similar to how video games are developed now, where, uh, you know, like Call of Duty will ship on a day yeah. and the <laughs> day it ships, the there's DLC. downloadable content available yeah. for purchase, which they obviously developed at the same time. Exactly. And is actually the data is located on the disc that you physically purchased, yeah, but you can't, you have to pay extra to unlock it. Um, and it, it seems kind of that way now. Like I think Machi Koro is a good example. It is. Uh, you know, the game came out, uh, the it's- Harbor expansion it makes it, I think more playable and is almost a necessary component yeah, it makes it the 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 base game is a game I can play with a five year old. Yes, um, and we have great fun. The expansion I played with a five and seven year old, and I, I wanted to uh, jump off <laughs> the roof after. It was like, no, this is. Uh, but the base game is wonderful yeah. to play with kids, and then. But yeah. then when you play with adults, it's the opposite. Exactly. The the, the harbor expansion yeah, makes it. There's an easy path to victory, so you need that expansion. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a hard one, and I, I think that's why it didn't win. Um, you know, the spiel they are. Yeah. I think is because it was it felt like an incomplete game mm-hmm. without the expansion. So mm-hmm. I think like that idea. Yeah, did they know that? Yeah, were they trying to accommodate multiple? I mean, or, or is it even did they want to do a small box? Because if you you know, so you have less components, yeah. less cards, smaller box, better shipping rates, better cost overall, and it helps. It's I guess weird... finance your next mm-hmm. finances the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. It's like by. Uh, um, yeah, you parcel it out. Yeah, because you look, because now they have the deluxe edition, which has everything. Every, like, so the first two expansions plus the game in one, but yeah. the sticker price is much higher. Would you have jumped on board? Uh, yeah, and it's not that much higher, I don't think. It, ye, online, bit. yes. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's always that difference between retail but and actual right. cost in the I game think world. The yeah. question is, would people have bought it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and obviously the publisher didn't think so. I, I think... Yeah, it's such a cute game that you mm-hmm. look at it and you it may, might feel a little light. Whereas I yeah. think on these these like he, you know the heavy theme games, people might be a little bit more like that's a world I want to go into. I'm mm-hmm. gonna inhabit that. Yeah, that's worth you know sixty bucks. Yeah, for me to get started on that. Yeah. Whereas with Machikoro, it just seems too fun, and maybe mm-hmm. a, it seems like oh that's too frivolous to be a big game. Yeah, hard to maybe again, that's I a don't publisher know. But there was a decision made there. And who knows yeah. if that's the designer, the publisher who. Mm-hmm. 
IDW, I think. IDW, yeah. So I don't know how. And that was their first game, I think, too, that they published. I um, I no think idea. it was. I I and if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. Which would I think lead you to then, again, try to have a lower cost game, Perhaps. to get people t- to look at it. To yeah. get to get retailers to buy it as well, because that's you're, true, you're... and that would make sense, I guess, with some of these earlier, the early games that mm-hmm. start building expansions. Like, yeah, Steve Jackson had to finance stuff. Yeah, so it... yeah, that giant ogre box was not going to ship itself. <laughs> no, so it, it you have to think of ways to yeah, be additive in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and also I guess you know then you hit the '90s, and it's it is interesting is that the explosion of um, card expansions, you know, with magic, mm-hmm. uh, Richard Garfield has said a number of times that it is because of cosmic encounters, right? So that's his inspiration. So it's interesting that the game that kind of causes it, the birth of it, the modern expansion is also the game that leads to, in many ways, in, or inspires magic, which is probably the biggest expansion game ever, or one of the biggest. Yeah. I mean, the amount, number of cards in it, it's, Pokemon might rival it. Mm-hmm. I think Pokemon actually might pass it at this point. But the, I looked them up a while ago. There it was bananas. Yeah. You know, like there was a point where where cards. the only thing destroying magic was magic mm-hmm. in that they had too many expansions that were kind of lackluster, too close together, and retailers had overpurchased and didn't have room for anything yeah. to come behind it. <laughs> uh and retailers had overpurchased because of shipping issues for previous expansions, which they were allocated on and would sell out and not get any more. Yeah. So you start ordering 125 times what you need, hoping you get delivered yeah. what you need after exactly. allocation. Yeah. So it's a weird, it's a, it's like expansion almost destroyed expansion yeah. of that time. Yeah. I, I wonder if that, uh, yeah, it is interesting, like through the 80s, 90s, mm-hmm. the board's expansions but yeah the 90s just explosion of card yeah. stuff and i wonder how that affected. i could see it happening again too because i look at uh, and yeah. this might just be my local store but i look at uh the the star wars miniature game mm. and at first they could not keep it on their shelf uh-huh. right so uh-huh. they kept buying kept buying and now they've got a wall full of it and I don't know, especially the older models, if they're going to sell out because the, there's so much new stuff. I see that wall in of anything, it. and I think that's a system I don't want to get involved <laughs> with. <laughs> it's like seeing scarcity in, in some mm-hmm. ways is kind of nice because it seems like, oh, I can dabble in this. It's Yeah, it's tough in any of the collectible games, yeah. whether it's a limited collectible. Uh, limited, like, L, limited card games are good in that you know your final sticker price. Yeah. But uh, like Star Wars miniature game or... Hero clicks or anything like that, where it really is the more money you have, the better you can build. Yeah, that it's tough. Dangerous. It's that magic's that same way. Where exactly. yeah, if you if you have a bigger wallet, we'll <laughs> gladly take your money, and you're going to be a better player. Yeah, which is, uh, which is fine if you pull well, <laughs> and well, it's terrible if you don't. And it's interesting how, um, so you get you know, cosmic encounters, and then you end mm-hmm. up with magic, and then. I mean, it seems like it just got refined. And as we talked before about the difference between CCGs and LCGs, with the LCGs, there seems to be more consciousness of corralling in the expansion bloat Mm -hmm. and even then retiring, like um, the the Call of Cthulhu getting announced that it's retiring. Yeah. Um, the past couple of weeks here. I mean, that's that's a huge game. Yeah. So, but they must have seen that coming quite a long, you know, quite a ways in advance. Mm-hmm. And 
the ability to just not let a system go on forever. Well, I think that they have the numbers too, right? Like there's definitely, I don't know if that's a game decision or an accountant decision where mm. it's like your, your cost for producing expansion are fixed. It's probably both. Yeah. And the market for it has to shrink. And because, development becomes a nightmare. Yeah. Because would you, would you have, like, you were interested in Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. But, but then you look at all those expansions no. and you're like, no, you don't want to go track down old ones. And even if they've retired them, yeah. the idea of just being that far behind oh, is exactly is hard when i saw the game of thrones uh card game do mm-hmm. a second i was like uh should i get because i had looked at it initially and went no nope, mm-hmm. absolutely not and then i saw i was like oh tempting because if i'm gonna and it is it causes a kind of anxiety because you know oh if i'm gonna get into it i gotta get into it now because i yeah. don't want you know like cthulhu is like i don't even know how many 1500 plus yeah. cards so and you know, Game of Thrones, the the new version of Game of Thrones, are gonna pump the expansions oh, out of the beginning, yeah, because they gotta be the same as all of them. Yeah, you know, like if Peter Dinklage gets hit by a car tomorrow, like <laughs> the demand's gonna dry up pretty quick for the game. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, not that I don't wish ill on Peter Dinklage. Well, I would like to, but then I mean, the original started was like two thousand two or something. Yeah. So I mean, it's been going. Yeah, because there's a following with the books, but yeah. it's a different. It's a different. So level. I, I don't know if those people will be the ones who pick up the second edition or if it's just going to be a new fan base and the first, the, the, the early, you know, the first edition wave people will be like, I am so exhausted with this or. I imagine there'll be fatigue for sure. Or just the idea of, look, I can play the game you know, unless they introduce some really dynamic new gameplay mm. or to refine it completely um, or promise not to make the same mistakes <laughs> they've made. Cause in any game that large, there's going to be missteps. Um, not that I've heard loud complaining on the the Game of Thrones card people, huh. um, but still, yeah, it's it'll. I don't know. I don't know if I would. Um, that being said, I know people that you know when they switch from collectible to limited, there seems to be a pretty good retention. I know do, yeah. there's a lot of people that played the old Doom Town that picked up the remake as right. limited and were quite happy With that it was limited. Yeah, because now it's like okay, all those decks I wanted to build now and was chasing it. cards. Um, I will be able to build, except no, because they changed the gameplay. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's a that's. Uh, I think for a licensed property like that, there's enough demand. I I find the uh, the anxiety of seeing new like you desire the new thing, and mm-hmm. it, it's a it, that's great. But I liked you know like when we uh, a past episode there where we resurrected rifts. Yes, and you played. Uh, you know, a a living thing that was now closed. Mm-hmm. There was something satisfying about playing a closed system, and in a way, the idea of like playing, you know, tracking down Call of Cthulhu yeah. and its expansions now is almost. Um, I'm like, ah, oh, okay, now I know what the parameters are. There's something more mm-hmm. satisfying almost about going. Okay, I know that's what I would need to get to really dig deep in that game. Right. I'm not going to play it forever endlessly. You know, you just don't mm-hmm. like Netrunner. I love it, but it's like, oh, do you have any idea when where it's going? You don't yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, it, it just depends on sales and tournaments, and mm-hmm. it's it's maybe less about the game and more about it as a machine, right? And yeah, it's almost more attractive when the system is closed, but not from like a ooh cult of the new kind of thing, which mm-hmm. is a weird. The gaming industry has kind of got those two weird sides. Yeah, one is beautiful mechanical closed systems, and the other is ooh shiny. Yeah. And it seems that shiny is winning. It's very much winning. <laughs> this battle. Yeah. I mean, there's there, there's your perennial games that are going to get republished every five, ten years 
yeah. forever like yeah. you just you, you'd be shocked if well, cosmic it, encounters yeah exactly i yes the one that started the expansion yeah, craze it's not surprising that it's still going and had yeah. its expansions and um yeah and i i think it helps when you have designers continuously speak highly of certain games yeah um although sometimes you you then play the game and you go oh you're viewing this completely through nostalgia and yeah there is a few although the ones where they like cosmic encounters they had mm-hmm. um Kevin Wilson, we were looking there. He yeah. he brushed off and redid expansions. So having new designers come in and maybe mm-hmm. fix up this the extra stuff that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, that that necessity to have. Um, I was listening to the uh, um, Stephen Bonacore who does uh, from Stronghold Games and yeah. their, on their podcast. He was talking about that idea of evergreen titles and how every publisher needs to have a couple, one mm-hmm. uh, one or two evergreen titles that helps basically their steady sales. You know yep. what your sales number is going to be year on year yep. and that that title moves itself almost and you just keep it. It mm-hmm. helps nurse the rest of it your business. It funds the rest of the chances you take yeah, on the new Yeah, because it games. is gambling. Yeah. I mean, it's who knows yeah. how... You know, so yeah, they're lucky to have an evergreen title here and there, and mm-hmm. then you bring in some tried and true euros, and you just keep mm-hmm. mixing it up, and then then you dabble. But I can see why they get a good base game or a good license, and then they milk it because, yeah. man, that's where the money is. You have to, and yeah. that's not cynical at all. That's just a reality of it's this cynical. business. I think it's cynical when uh, when you develop a game like i don't know like you can almost look at dominion right mm. because the idea was when dominion was released uh, the next what was it like five or six expansions were already developed and tested yeah and but that was designed too much game to sell exactly like nobody would spend you know 10 grand <laughs> on a box <laughs> i get that yeah um but at the same time uh it's you know where do you draw the lines on the expansions and i think they exactly. try to be sort of thematic with them. I think by I think up to the last expansion, I think most of it was designed mm-hmm. in right off the yeah. get go. So that there's a sincerity there it, in terms think, of having it's not yeah. milking. The saving grace there is that the the base game doesn't feel like you're missing. No. Yeah. It, you know, after you've played it a lot, it does. Yeah. And same but you've got second. more than your money's worth out of uh, out of the base at that point. And the second base game, Intrigue, mm-hmm. which is standalone and works with all the rest. Mm-hmm. Same thing, mm-hmm. a little bit more complicated. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good system. And then you get a game like Arctic Scavenger, yeah, which has the expansions in the box, yeah, uh, and went a long time. And again, it's not like you feel like you're missing the expansions if you just played the base game. Like it's it's a complete game, but the expansions do add a lot. Yeah, um, and uh, it's nice that they're they were included. It's either, you know, there wasn't an option to not buy it. Right. I mean, you could, if you already had the... Yeah, the, you could get the... Well, yeah, if you had, I guess, the very, very first base game yeah. uh, before it was picked up by Rio Grande, uh, then you'd be a myth that you had to rebuy it <laughs> when right. you when Rio Grande published it with the expansion. But this time around, yes, that you could have just got the expansion or got the base game with the expansion. But I would have been upset if they didn't have the base game republished. So really, I don't know what I'm trying to say here other than... Expansion in box is kind of nice sometimes. Expansion in box is kind of nice sometimes, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's and that's another one of those, yeah, the system's been played out and it's mm-hmm. figured out and there it is. And it's mm-hmm. a closed thing. You're not... It, I'm not anticipating more expansions for that necessarily. 
And that's well, it's given kind of it, nice. given its history, if there is, it'll be a while. <laughs> um, yeah. Whereas you know, Dominion, I think uh, I didn't anticipate they would expand the game anymore. Even mm-hmm. that last game, the last expansion, I was surprised that there was yet another one. I was mm-hmm. like, really? That's I don't. I, given the reaction to it, I don't know if there will be more. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's certain you know, and then you look at some games that seem so monumental, so classic, like Catan, which really only had, I think four base expansions essentially mm-hmm. and then the five six player add-ons but like you know that's a massive game and it the expansions are wonderful and they're they really add a lot but yeah. i mean that's you know mid 90s design it was they packed a lot into those expansions mm-hmm. they weren't like little one like here's mm-hmm. a, here's a little thing here's a little thing um carcassonne you know yep. some of the euros like that they feel there's a billion i couldn't even count mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't even check but it would be a lot of expansions and they each only add one or two tiny little things, but yep. even those, they're they're inexpensive and they mm-hmm. are satisfying mm-hmm. because they add just enough. Um, yeah, so it's yeah. None. I don't know if there's many I've played where I thought, oh, that's a cash grab. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's definitely a lot of different models of releasing expansions because uh, I'm thinking like the DC deck building game. Um, what they do is they they release a new base game every year, pretty well. Hmm. And uh, so you don't ever have to have had any of the previous games. You can get the new base game, which will have some new mechanics in it huh. and new characters and new starter cards. Uh, and then they have some mini expansions, which you could then mix in to any of the base games to so add to it. Is it just to fix broken mechanics or what is the whole idea of? I think it's a cult. Of the, I think it's a cult of the new thing. So I think the idea is uh, that you get a new base game, hmm. which is a new start. So players that that hadn't bought the previous one, it's it's easier to sell, right? right. First off, it's a card game, and card game costs are not much, yeah, right. So it's an easy purchase. If you like the game, you're like, ah, I don't need new starter cards. But what do the starter cards add to the cost? Right, really on this one. So is not there, a whole ton. Is it backwards compatible, like the new set with the old expansions? You can, you can definitely mix and match, but they're sort of balanced together. Hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's a weird, it's, it's a really like a weird delivery game. system. It is the whole new game, and then then there's small expansions to huh. add. So to it's tweak like yeah, it's there. like versions of Legendary, basically. Like it's like mm, I wouldn't even say that. I wouldn't even say that. It's just shades of the exact same thing. Almost, almost, but with different characters. I've only played it once. Yeah. So I don't. I'm not that familiar with it. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty basic deck building game yeah. again. So I mean, there's there's people like me that are completionists and they're like, oh well, now I have to have the new thing or <laughs> that that was a or they question. hit just the right characters. You right. Know, it's like, oh, this one's Teen Titans, and that's my favorite comic when I was a kid. So yeah. I'm gonna pick it up and get it for sure. If it wasn't Teen Titans, I don't. I I think I'm at the point now where I'm like, I've got enough of it to play and different shades of it to play for now until the cows come home. I don't know yeah. if I need that one. That being said, I'll probably buy whatever comes out next and eat these words because it's not expensive. And this is the, again, that chicken egg with the, mm-hmm. this industry, you know, the, the whole board game hobby, it's full of like, you know, otaku super nerds that are like, we're, I think we're all a little OCD and a little like, we just want, we, we want all the things yeah. in the thing and we want it all ordered on our shelf. Yeah. And, you know, there's a kind of weird compulsiveness to it. And mm-hmm. uh, we were very ordered, you know, like you look at people's displays and the discussions yeah. over shelving and it's a, it, it attracts a certain kind of person seemingly. And 
So it's like we both want the expansions because mm-hmm. we love that and that satisfies something. But it, we also feel like it's very it's a very fine line that publishers can cross over to make us feel exploited. Yeah. yeah. And it does seem like most publishers do a good job of balancing or walking that tightrope very carefully, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. of not because as soon as you make nerds angry, <laughs> and so it doesn't seem to happen often where you mm-hmm. see a revolt based on the way a game is being expanded. No, mostly people are excited and expansion has been released. Yeah. Um, and part of that I think is that um, when you buy a game, you're, you're moving into, uh, you know, like outside of the games, they sell at chapters. You're moving into an exclusive club. Right. Right. Like, like a really, if you sell 50,000 units of a game, that's, that's sell, a great seller. So 10,000. If you sell 10,000, yeah. exactly, right? So it's a very finite number of people that are going to purchase that. That's true. So when expansion comes out, it's almost like um, they've validated your purchase. Yeah. It's like, yes, this game was good enough to get an expansion. <laughs> so I picked a winner. I get, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think there's that weirdness in that. And the other thing, too, expansions generally are not super expensive no. uh, outside of, of miniature-based ones. Yeah. Right. Um, but even then, you're getting a new toy, basically. Well, that's, and then, that, yeah, that's exactly what I see. It appeals to that same kind of nerd mm-hmm. that loves the collectibles and how yeah. it, you, yeah, you, it's like people that build models when they're little kids or yeah. something. It's the same appeal. You're like, I want them all. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird audience and a weird industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're part of it. We are. Yeah. I don't, uh, I, so, yeah, I think we're always excited. I think I am excited when I see expansions come out. I don't groan. I, I do. I, sometimes uh, I'll see one for a game that I just don't like, and I'll be like, really? <laughs> but then it's gone. Like, I don't ever just, think about it's it. It's taken up shelf space that you want to see used for your game? I, I don't I don't think so, because it moves quickly enough at my store. <laughs> Things change quickly enough. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Mostly I'm excited uh, when expansions for my games come out, so... And I'm often there's you know there's those classic heroes that don't really get expansions and mm-hmm. I I love I am almost more attracted to games that don't have expansions. Right. I I do like the games like games like Netrunner you know that ridiculous numbers but it's I I love those because the the game grows and evolves but I can't commit to too many systems mm-hmm. and maybe that's just I want to play everything and yeah. when I see all the expansions I'm like oh, really. Like, I want to play those, but I can't because it's, you're kind of, you can't play everything. Right. And then a game like 504 comes out. Yeah. Which, uh, which I almost kind of hope gets an expansion just to add like another, <laughs> just to add like another. 45,087. Like, let's think, because if you, if they added, say, three more modules, uh, yeah, the number goes up. It's exponential, right? And how it, it shifts up. I saw a Power Grid expansion on a pre, uh, pre-order, and I think it made reference to the idea that it is essentially a 504 module. Yes. I was like, like oh. It uses components from 504, right? I think, yeah. I think yeah. it's one of the 504 modules. So I'm interested in the idea of like 504 could probably be used as an expansion to things yes. in and of itself. It's a bizarre... I'm, I can't wait to play that game. It, all, it always comes back to 504 <laughs> with us. Well, now that we have Arctic Scavengers, I've played it. Yeah. But I like, the, again, that idea that it's, um, it's almost mastered that concept of mm-hmm. the, it's answered its own question. Do I need well, an expansion? A, yes, I do. In here, a way, here it's, all I am. It's, uh, it's saying, uh, hey, this game is nothing but expansions. It's like, you're like, yeah, this tweaks the way this plays and this tweaks the way that plays and, and everything's just going to sort of all tweak itself Yeah, in a weird way tweaky. 
<laughs> bunch of tweaking. And then we're going to tweak on it, apparently. Apparently. Add Epic Gumdrop if you want to tweak at me there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you have any thoughts on this, let us know at Breaking Dads. Hit the forum. I'm I'm curious how what people think about this. I I don't know. Again, up with expansions, down with expansions. Yeah. What's your subjective take? What's your Man. favorite expansions? Yeah. What's your favorite game that doesn't have expansions? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm What's a game that you wish had an expansion? Because there's a ton of games out there that are yeah. really good, except for one niggly little thing. Yeah. And if they could just tweak it a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We should go play some games. Until I'm, next week. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. I'm James. I'm still Jeff.